1: Hello everybody this is Andy Piper and welcome again to our podcast gamesatwork.biz a weekly show where every week we talk about things that are new in the technology sphere in the online social gaming metaversal universal kind of area and joining me this week is one of my co-hosts Mr. Michael Rowe how's it going Michael?
0: Hey Andy, uh, I am I am well. It is going well. I am going well. I am doing well. Uh, well, it's good to have you back. I am glad to be <laughs> back. I had a brief uh, week last week traveling.
1: So uh, and my our, our friend, the other Michael, is traveling this week. So we've done a switcheroonie
0: and uh, swapped it, in. It and- almost makes you think that that the uh, the pandemic is over. You're traveling, he's traveling, then you travel, then he travels again.
1: It's uh,
0: uh, certainly not over.
1: It's certainly not over. And um, it's not I'm over. <laughs> grateful to have avoided anything uh, myself last week. But I know friends who didn't come out of that particular trip uh, in such good shape. So, uh, yes, definitely everybody stay safe. Look after yourselves and wear masks as appropriate. Uh, make sure you get uh, as many boosters as you can.
0: Use a lot of alcohol. As you you uh, wish. Both the internal kind and the stuff on your hands. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. So it's been been a big week in the topics that we're particularly interested in. And the specific event that occurred this week, which I wasn't able to watch live from inside the virtual space, was that Meta held their Connect event, which used to be Facebook Connect uh, and uh, there used to be a separate Oculus event as well. Um, so they held Meta Connect to debut their new headset and talk about the future of what they've been working on. So we've got a number of links. We're not going to specifically uh, like list them all out here. We'll, we'll definitely be listing them in the show notes. Uh, but let's talk uh, first about MetaConnect and some of the news and some of the things that we saw out of that.
0: I I, uh, I did not have a chance. I mean, I don't have the headset. I keep looking at ones to buy uh, to actually experience some of the events that they had. Uh, but I, I was impressed with the new hardware. Okay, It does seem... It, it's pricey, yes. yes. Um, but, I mean, I, I still have literally less than six feet away from me hanging on a door, my old Google Glass that cost me fifteen hundred bucks had a very right? very, so, very
1: different purpose. And as you say, yeah. Um but, you know it's-
0: so fifteen hundred bucks for 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 the new headset from Ocul- uh, from Meta, it's reasonable. They're they're going after uh, more of an enterprise uh look and feel and set of capabilities. So well, I I don't don't complain that it's that expensive right i'm
1: certainly not that excited by it for a couple of reasons one being the cost um and i think it's really interesting that in some of the subsequent interviews that i've been reading this week with zuckerberg uh and other folks in the team they are really trying to paint themselves uh, and we'll come back to this i'm sure uh against in in a situation against, um, the expe- expected Apple uh, headset and experience, whether that's AR, VR, or, or how they um, present it. But with that, coming out with a high-end, expensive headset makes some sense because Apple typically come in at a at a high pr- hardware price point. However, it's definitely not been popular within the organization, or, or at least with their advisors. So, there's a, a really interesting story that we've been uh, sharing between us this week around uh, John Carmack, uh, who's an advisor to Oculus mm-hmm. uh, now. Uh, who, I, I, First of all, I'm impressed that they, they enabled him to give that presentation and uh, he did that at the event, but there was a real counterpoint there where he, the previous year he'd said it would be great if uh, this year set a challenge that this year everybody should be in Horizon Worlds having the conversation and it should be a huge multi user experience with many many people there and instead they essentially broadcast him uh stand alone in that environment and yeah uh, and then in a 2d space but because most people didn't attend in vr anyway um i found the comparison to something that apple doesn't have yet or hasn't released yet have (laughs) uh quite kind of disingenuous and i certainly don't love the (laughs) i love the look i like i'm intrigued by the look of the new hardware but the battery life is worse than the one that i have at the moment some of the visual features are slightly better uh so i'm really curious to see you know they're they're going to need to and i think this came out in the Carmack interview as well they're going to need developers going to need to target the lower end um for mass mass adoption or larger scale adoption they're going to need to make compromises to uh, enable those apps and the things that they can build for the high end hardware actually available to a larger proportion of people until that high end hardware trickles down to the one that lots of people use we see this with H- apple hardware over over the years oh, right yes. i mean the the phones you typically get you know the the the, the features that are in the top end pro or max phone this year will be in the lower end phone in two or three years time as a default uh, so, I have no doubt that those kinds of things will happen as the manufacturing scales, the price points improve, but it's it's challenging.
0: the The, the thing that I that I wonder about, and it's it's funny because I actually had uh, a, a conversation with uh, a group of people this week about kind of our historical experiences that we've mm. had, you, you and I and and, and others, um, that we constantly bring up on the podcast. Um, and the challenges of making the metaverse or virtual worlds or AR, whatever thing, real and and mass adoption, make it real business value coming out of it. And I, I just look at what Meta's doing right now, and I think they're right back in the same exact problem space mm. that... They've got some cool hardware. They, you could say, they have some cool software, but they haven't defined what's the problem they're trying to solve, right? They, they've got some technology that they're trying to push onto uh, a space and say, well, if we if we build it, the problems will come and we will solve them, uh, and. I'm a technologist. You're a technologist. Yes, we like to play with this stuff because it's fun and exciting. It's something new. It's it it may be you know pushing a specific boundary or scratching that mental itch that we have about something, right? But what are they trying to solve? If they're trying to solve uh, improved meeting capabilities in an enterprise, then a fifteen dollar a $1,500 headset that requires you to plug it in a lot because of the crappy battery life, but does provide you the ability to have a full color rendering of the world outside of the headset. That's a reasonable hardware solution. If they're talking about mass consumer adoption for a social network experience, that's an insane piece of hardware and it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And, and, uh, again, so so I, I listened to all the stuff that came out this week and I've heard a lot of different people talking about this and I've read a lot of different articles and I think that's what's missing here. What is the problem that's trying to be solved that this is the answer right that their their uh, horizon world is the answer to that and a $1500 headset is the answer to that. And I don't think that's clear. It may be clear in you know in in Mark's mind, uh but it's not clear to the market mm-hmm. it's not clear to evidently their advisors it's not clear evidently uh to consumers right uh, you're an early adopter in this space yep. you've got a headset yep. and i you use it i know you don't see the value in this new one I don't. and usually the new shiny is the valuable thing that you want to get and to. i don't have
1: legs either so um,
0: yeah I, I you just need you know the right hardware for i <laughs> i think i think you'll uh, we'll
1: we will come back to that that joke in a moment but uh i think you're absolutely right about all the things you just said one of the things i've been revisiting is you have this week where ePred and others have been talking about things that we were doing 15 years ago and and then you've had both People come along and say, well, you know, you, you, you were pioneers and other people come along and say, "Yep, yeah, never going to work, never going to happen. Stop trying to make it happen. Never going to happen. I think what you just said was fascinating because, of course, back then we didn't. Most of us uh, have any kind of immersive experience we had in, 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 a, in a visual sense, in, in the sense of a headset and the right. VR and all those things. We were still immersed in what we were doing and in how we were interacting in a three-dimensional virtual space. And we found real value in those kind of meeting opportunities, ways that we could use media in different ways. Um, I think you're right to sort of paint it as a similar stage of evolution that we've got um, some nascent environments so that are improving quite rapidly. But the, the mm-hmm. hardware is the, the, the barrier in this case. The, the, the user experience, because you need to opt in to that, that high-end expensive thing, it's somewhat similar to back in the day when... You know the, the the power of your graphics card and the ability to stream yeah, and be that, online and, and have high speed internet. You know, were the barriers high, you know. high speed internet and a decent graphics oh, card and, and a halfway we, decent and, microphone. Yeah, exactly. Right? How do we do the live streaming? Well, we uh, of, of of audio. Well, we did that, that as a separate thing to the to the environment at the time. Um, now a lot more of it is all coming together, but you still then got to you know plump out for the for the hardware. So I think that's absolutely true. Uh, I think that, um, does, does, does let's come back to the, the legs thing. Does the legs thing, um, do, does that really break the immersion? I, me- I mentioned this when we spoke about this on the show a few weeks ago that I've been playing with horizon worlds for the first time and I didn't have legs and nobody does yet. Uh, and it turns out that the, the thing that I thought was probably the funniest thing I read uh, this week out of the event was a statement that said the most requested thing on the roadmap was legs and i just thought well uh, <laughs> you know you should try being asked for for an edit button for 15 years in that case if you think that um <laughs> legs are the most you important, think legs user, are that important. User, you know feature here um yeah.
0: So, it, it, it's funny, as I saw all that churn about the legs this week, right? I remembered all the fun that we had with our little, uh, what were they called? The knees on the oh, wheel? yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. They didn't have nice. legs. No. It didn't matter. What, the, but they what were, is they the were business much, value and purpose of legs? They were much
1: less. Yeah. Well, the business value and purpose is a, is a great one to put put in there because we've had a lot of comments this week from people that we know who have been doing the... Don't bother trying to do this. Why are you still trying to do this, etc.? cetera? B- coming from the business value angle. Um, but if you think about it from the immersion, user experience, consumer angle, yeah, it's a big deal. People want that, although they might not need it um, because Mies, as you just pointed out, is a great example of not needing it. But then again, they're, not, they're much less expressive. They're not intended. To, they're avatars. They're not intended to be full the- visual photographic representations down to face right, right. their avatars
0: i.e. a simple representation right. not a doppelganger right.
1: exactly now that now that that gets into a whole set of other conversations about the nature of avatars and whether or not they need to be um doppelganger-y, as you say but um yeah i think there's definitely ways in which this stuff can be accepted i found it really interesting that the best thing they could do was fake it Um, Mm -hmm. It's (laughs) it's clearly a very difficult problem that just using sensors on a person's head and some handheld um, controllers trying to figure out the full top-to-bottom State of the well, human body. I mean, it's a body, the human body is ridiculously complicated thing. With with not multiple. Well, just think
0: about it. If if you could take the hand supports. controllers and strap them to your ankles, you still wouldn't have right. enough data points. Right. And
1: and with the switch, <laughs> um, the switch sports, they you know you can get a leg strap and attach one of the uh, the mo- the remotes to your, or the Joy Cons to your leg and still do some stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's still very very difficult. I, I, Carmack said that he'd switched off all of that. Even the facial expression tracking, because it might do something embarrassing in the middle of his talk. Um, saying all of that, uh, I still think.
0: <laughs> but besides that, what do you besides
1: think? Besides that, what do I think? <laughs> I thought it was fascinating, and I want to talk about this with you as well, Michael, that, that they partnered with Microsoft in some of the launches that they announced because they had um, features to enable people in that space horizon worlds to do stuff with microsoft office or teams or other microsoft type you know business oriented type things uh and also talked about how and this is a really big talking point i think in part of that painting themselves as the the non-apple they they talked about this huge kind of vision and concept that every generation of tech there's been a an open and a closed Alternative and the open ones are right. typically um, being more successful or have had a better ecosystem and all those things. And <laughs> and then use Microsoft as the open example of the 1980s and 90s.
0: Of the 90s, you know, when, Microsoft of the 90s when they were
1: being taken to court for antitrust and all kinds of other things. It's absolutely true that they they had a thriving ecosystem of developers. Um, and there were a ton of integrations, but that was because they were the dominant platform, and you had to integrate in order f- to be successful, yes. not the other way around. Apple was desperate for those kind of integrations to the point that you know Microsoft did a di- basically in- gave them some stuff and made Mo- Office run. They gave
0: on- two hundred and fifty million dollars right, and
1: made Office run on the Mac, <laughs> just so that they had a competitor. On the hardware right. side, right? Not, not, not the other way around. So, <laughs> so I found that hilarious and a yeah very strange uh, representation of what happened in that period of history.
0: That's not to say it's, that it, it's a misunderstanding of what actually happened, right? I, I think it's it's the difference between open ecosystem and open platform, mm, right? Mm. Right. An open ecosystem says there's a lot of different tools and people and groups that can integrate with your platform. Your platform may be closed, Mm -hmm. but you have an open ecosystem. And that's what Microsoft had, right? They they had to, the the ecosystem was there, they had lots of partners because they were dominant and they used the ecosystem to reinforce their dominance. Mm. Uh, The open platform at that time was Linux. Completely, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and so which has of course it was an open platform
1: wildly and accidentally but wildly successful and never set out for for dominance as such. It's just happened because of the openness of the platform, and you can be successful on that platform completely with proprietary stuff if you want to be. Uh it's Good. yeah.
0: And, and and you look at Apple today, I mean it's an open ecosystem and a closed platform. Uh and that's the dominant positions in different so markets. do you think it's all a, is the,
1: you you you've just drawn a brilliant comparison. Do you think it's all just shorthand to Combine those two concepts of, into open and into adjust and open and versus closed. That can be if, sold to consumers. You know, you look at your friends yes, with if the if you believe
0: you are going to be the dominant platform, you want to use the open words mm-hmm. to say you're an open ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that says, oh, anybody can come play in my closed garden. Right, so. I'm not going to play with other closed gardens but you can play in my oh, garden what about
1: interoperability and i'm open to that what about interoperability we we love we love talking about that on this show as well and um,
0: oh yeah you can you can take stuff from other platforms and interoperate them into my platform yeah. mm-hmm. you can bring them to me take you know <laughs> give me all the stuff put it in my platform mm-hmm. right now and you see this with any dominant market uh owner, right, or, or position, they tend to easily allow things to integrate with them to increase their value. They're v- v- much less likely to allow you to export out, right? Uh, just think about the number of plugins for Photoshop back in the day. Mm-hmm right? Think about, you know, um, the fact that you then had to have people with GIMP who reverse engineered the Photoshop format mm-hmm. so that you could pull the stuff out. Well, right. Uh, I think that that's the challenge here with using code words like open. <laughs> well, so we
1: had a, a couple of links that covered the event, um, in particular that we, we will put into the show notes, but, uh, at the, uh, in the interest of moving us forwards, um, there's a couple more things that we can just quickly hit on around um, the metaverse of this week. Um, and I'm sure some of these stories have emerged purely because Meta did the Connect event and, uh, oh, and, I've, got the, <laughs> and I've got the name in their company name. Uh, there was one here about um, Walmart. Uh, we spoke about them a few weeks ago, but they've now uh, created a space talking of interoperability and different environments. Um, inside yep. uh, something which I hadn't come across until today, called Live Topia. Now, Live Topia itself yeah. is a game that runs on the Roblox platform, uh, and uh, it's a it's a virtual store inside this Live Topia environment. Um, but you actually can't do anything in terms of transactional work. So again, it's to do with that brand awareness being cool, down with the kids. Um, I, I don't say that in a derogatory way. By the way, I'm not. I'm using no, it down no. with the kids as a as a as a you know being being part of the vibe rather than um, anything else. Well,
0: if you're if you're trying to build brand mm-hmm. loyalty mm-hmm. over time, get some games that kids can play yep. in a kid friendly environment yep. that puts your brand out Absolutely. there. That's what they're doing. So so that's
1: one thing that um, came out this week and or well, the news news story was about this week. And then another another link we saw was uh, I think there were several stories about it, but one was saying that um, the uh, Decentraland has had trivially small numbers of active users. And we, we saw the same thing by the way, at the f- front end and back end of, of the well no the front end and back end of the popularity of Stack of Life, I would say um rather than at the peak where they were talking about how few people were really using these environments so the central land i think the number without clicking through the link right now was something like 36 people were alive and active in that environment one day this week and then the company behind it reacted with you know shock and horror that this story had been published uh (laughs)
0: the- <laughs> Not that it was right or wrong, but that it was – but, but, well, if, if you remember, and, and, and I actually had this conversation with somebody, you know, uh, the in Second Life, one of the big limiting factors mm. was an island could only hold 50 people at a time. That's right. How many – How many? And you- we would do things and you'd put four islands and we'd do events at the corner so you could have 200 people at the same mm-hmm. time. And that was a huge hangout of people. Yep. Yep. So, so again, uh, you got to think about scale. And I think this goes back to the Carmack uh, yes. comments about coming into a virtual space with a huge community of people all interacting at an event together. Definitely. Well, have they solved that scale issue yet? Well, I think they have. It's very different than going to a page on I Facebook. I can't talk to
1: Decentraland. I get the impression that Horizon Worlds has, but in a different way to the Second Life solution. But... Uh, it's a it's a great question, especially if you're not going to have an interoperable environment like the web where any user with a web browser can access any content that f- conforms to the standard um, from anywhere. Um, if you're going to be building little bubbles of virtual world environments and metaverses rather than the metaverse, then you're going to continue to hit those kind of participation challenges in those bubbles. Let's move all the speak of the web let's move all the way along though um from those initial things that we wanted to talk about revisit something we talked about a few weeks ago which is google killing stadia recently Um, it's technically it's still alive and will continue to be alive till the end of the year but uh nobody can buy into stadia anymore and they'll be refunding everybody who has their stuff but this week in perhaps in place of Stadia, perhaps not. Uh, Google launched um, in partnership with their manufacturing partners who make the Chromebooks a range of Chromebooks that are optimized for gaming and specifically for both um, Xbox cloud gaming and I think the Nvidia system as well, if I remember. Right.
0: Yeah, my 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 understanding of what uh, what Google is supposedly doing you like that that's very decisive statement Mm -hmm. uh is with the stadia shutdown is to refocus the 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 learnings and the effort on providing the infrastructure for people who might be running cloud gaming infrastructures right or or platforms and having a set of hardware out there specifically tuned to that makes a heck of a lot of sense well
1: i'm not so sure it's the former part of what you just said, which I I understood to mean that they are providing the infrastructure. Now, I look at the list here that they reference that they've partnered with, uh, NVIDIA, GeForce Now, Microsoft Xbox, Cloud Gaming, and Amazon Luna. I don't think and I strongly doubt that any of those run on (laughs) Google Cloud um, or or the Stadia backend. Um, For sure, um, the ability to, to stream to a browser, which is really pioneered, I think, by uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming. I, I imagine that many, many, many of our listeners will be tweeting angrily at me to tell me that I'm wrong uh, about that. Um, I think you're absolutely right, there. and 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 they, they should actually tweet to Games Work underscore biz. They, of course, of <laughs> course, and tell us why we're wrong uh, on a regular basis. But um, yeah, I think um, it's really interesting. I think gaming. And I think Microsoft has been way ahead of the, the crowd here for a, for a while, um, has yeah. increased to being a service which is accessible from any screen. Um, yes, you might sometimes want some dedicated hardware for specific things, but I sit and play games on, on my iPad with a, an Xbox controller quite quite contentedly um, with a really nice screen. Uh i'm looking i, I haven't well, i have played an xbox cloud game on my steam deck as well but i i don't tend to do that so often but maybe that will become more uh, more the norm but yeah i found this uh i don't know whether it's not a u-turn as such it's just expanding the value of the chromebook and fine it's a pivot yeah yeah it just came at an interesting <laughs> time on the back of shutting down their own hardware and Saying no, you can you can get a Chromebook, you can't use your, your Stadia controller with it though, haha, because they're they're useless <laughs> unless they still I still insist they're useless unless they open source or release their firmware um, that can be modified instead of just having people hack Python scripts around a USB interface.
0: Yeah, I was uh, we we were talking briefly in the metaverse section on. Um, the technologies of the web and I, I thought you were going to do a brilliant transition to our next story about the jane's webb telescope vr of course experience. I, I
1: was but um i got sidetracked into <laughs> talk thinking about my my long lost gaming hero stadia but then we do have we do have another vr story here you're right
0: i would love to go see this uh and uh, you were in the city uh new york city that is uh last week um but this article just came out talking about uh, the onyx studio in in new york city building a, a virtual space to allow you to to learn more about the james webb space telescope which i, I would like to check this out at some point but uh, not not yet I'd, I'd love to connect
1: some more dots here, um, but it will mean skipping, skipping a point um, and mention that the Lego Ideas James Webb Telescope uh, actually hit over, I think, whatever it is, the 10,000 uh, votes. Oh, ooh, did it. Um, today. Uh, so it is now, uh, I think... Um, so that this i think be the a second kid. one i think it's the second one that the um it, the, there was one this time last year october 22nd of october 2021 that got uh that got to ten thousand supporters i like there was a story this week as well and i'm just finding a link to it um with a second model that uh had it but uh to to, to round out let's talk about one more thing uh which is Uh, lego related which uh, we've all been enjoying which is an incredible video that's um attached to a tweet so do click through to the twitter link from our show notes uh from a user called rainmaker 1973 and uh this is a working lego submarine it's it's fabulous i absolutely i've I've seen this i saw this a few weeks ago it's been around a few of the the hacking uh community or the, the making community because it's just so brilliantly engineered, uh, and has a remote control and everything, you can—it's got a little little Lego guy sitting inside a little clear tube, and it uses a syringe to do the the pressure. It's just so cool. I
0: I thought it was amazing. That was that was very very cool. Um, if if I had the time, technology, and inclination to do it, I would build this. Um, I, I don't have some of those. <laughs> Uh, so I will just admire, um, their hard work here on, uh, on the, on Twitter. So very, very cool. Very cool. Well, well
1: I think we are out of time. We are out of time where, and you, we've already mentioned it once during the show, but where, remind me where people can uh, leave feedback or let us know what they're thinking about our show.
0: Well, uh, you know, your, your first choice should always be to go over to your favorite, um, pod service mm-hmm. And leave us a rating, right? Give us a five-star rating and put a comment in there. We'll take feedback. Do it at an episode level. Do it at the show level. We would love to hear your feedback. That By doing it there, it'll help us get exposure to more people. However, if you just want to hit us up and, and drop us a comment on Twitter, you can go to gamesatwork underscore biz. Mm-hmm. And you can always go to our website at gamesatwork.biz and leave a comment on the show. Awesome. Nice to see you again, Michael. And with that, bye. See ya. You've been listening to gamesatwork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz.